Welcome to Ego Netcast. I am Martin Lindeskog. Hi, Mike. Hi, Martin. Yeah. What are you thinking about when it comes to the dating scene? And uh, you have mentioned Tinder and the podcasting. What's that relation? <laughs> so, yeah, so Matchmaker FM is a new product that we've launched um, out of the back of podcast.co. It's to help podcasters and guests make connections. And, yeah, that was the, the strap line, is it? It's like Tinder for podcasters. Yeah, it's interesting. I have never used Tinder, so I don't, but I know about the phenomenon. No, me neither. I'm married, yeah. so I've definitely never used it. <laughs> I'm it's all hypothetical. It. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And that's how we got connected. You reached out on uh, LinkedIn, I think it was, and uh, yeah. mentioned the matchmaking.fm. So I got a bit curious and then I asked if you could be on, on the show. So then I did some, as I do on this segment, like the name of his podcast, Ego, and ego surfing or uh, ego search on your name, uh, Mike. And then, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Consulo. Or... Yeah. yeah. And now when Consolo, we talk in, yeah. in the green room, I am. Is that Italian or is it? Uh, it's Sicilian, British? actually. Yeah. Sicilian. Yeah. Um, Sicilian. Mm-hmm. That's important. If you're down south, to say that it's Sicilian, uh, it's it's still it a is. part of it's Italy, very right? Important. Yeah, it is. It is still a part of Italy, but um, I think most Sicilians see themselves as distinct from the Italians. I think and, it's. And, and, I think that's a bit north, of a legacy from the war, actually. Yeah, and the North Lega Nord, they are also saying the same thing, but reverse, right? The northern yeah, part, yeah. the Rome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I like. We talked about that. About we will talk about beverages and so on. Also, I think. So yes, my favorite wines. Are, it's probably down there. We call it in the. You say the, um, what do you say, booth or no, not booth or uh, the shoe or what do you say or the 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 end of a shoe. What do you call that or um, a boot? Uh, the heel. Yeah, the heel. Yeah, there and also in Sicily they have very good yeah. wines there. The grapes are. It's something special. I I'm a fan of licorice. Do you like licorice? I do. I really like licorice actually. Yeah. And and I'm not a wine connoisseur, but something with. Coming from that region, it has this uh, licorice or, or um, that kind of um, often taste. Uh, it sounds it maybe a bit yeah, strange, I'm... but I, I I like it. Yeah, I'm also not a connoisseur of wine, but yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Um, if I had to pick a wine, I would say I like a Fleury, I think, which mm. is a French grape, I think. Okay. My my stepfather, my stepfather, sorry, my father-in-law is really mm. into wines, so. Okay. Um, Whenever we go there, we always drink incredible wines, and it's impossible to actually buy incredible wine as good as he buys, mm-hmm. that's, because that's, he obviously knows what to get. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, so, uh, when I did then a search on your name, then uh, I got yeah. like four thousand two hundred twenty results on Google, and first oh, it was good. a couple of images. They change around. I mean, Google now some sometimes. And then LinkedIn, that you are co-founder of podcast.co, uh, yeah. the one for Colombia or company uh, ending there. And uh, then Twitter, yeah. uh, videos, Facebook, and then that we'll talk a bit more about uh, matchmaker.fm, the uh, product hunt that you have talked about your uh, invention there and your service. And then yeah. I wonder about F6S, what's that? That was a hit result also. F6S is like a startup community website where I'll have created a profile on there 
Okay. Gosh, yeah. quite a number of years ago, actually. It shows that yeah. I don't search my name very often. Uh, <laughs> so that's on the first page. And then... Uh, right, okay, interesting. Yeah. So they yeah, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a startup hub, basically. Okay. Uh, and then Vimeo uh, videos. And then uh, I could say that uh, from uh, straight up here, uh, as the free thinker and an atheist, uh, are you uh, religious? No, I'm not. And You're I think not? I know so, what's going to come next, actually. Okay. Yeah. So what's that? So that Mike Consolo. Yeah. yeah. So that Mike Consolo isn't me. Ah, um, okay. You see? Interestingly, there's two <laughs> yeah. Mike Consolos. So funnily, right? So before we launched podcast.co, we also yeah. run a sister company called radio.co where we do live radio streaming experiences. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and a large percentage of like a large percentage of that customer base is actually churches that want to take their yep. um, sermons online yep. and broadcast their sermons. So we have quite a lot of um, US based churches on the customer base there. Mm. And, and interestingly, the Mike Consolo um, mm. that isn't me is very much involved in that kind of ministry world and sort of helping okay. ministries get their radio stations and their streams online as well as, um, yeah, just generally sort of involved in helping ministries um, achieve their digital and marketing goals. Okay, so, so now if you listen to this, then I know it's, it's not you, but it's him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, funnily, yeah. I a few years ago, I, I think I'd, I'd done a Google search on some images because we were, we were changing some links on the site. So I searched my name on Google Images Mm. And an image of that Mike Consolo came up, and I thought it was me for a while. And I was like looking <laughs> at it, thinking, "Why do I look so different?" Or it was like a real odd so moment. It took me a few yeah. seconds to realize I wasn't looking at myself. Yeah, and and we are joking a bit about it, but I do this as a because it's my the podcast name, but also that I'm advising new media, and you can't do so much about what's uh, what the results, but you could at least reflect on it. So what? When I take this on the Google, the first page, what, what's your reactions or your thoughts about that? Is it like uh, what you want or what? Uh, because we will talk about Matchmaker FM a bit more uh, later on. So. Hi, Martin. Yeah, when we are back. Hey, I'm back, right. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool, right. So um, where were we? About what, what's your reaction to the, the results that coming up on the first page? Is that what you imagined or, or what you like about it? Or yeah, your thoughts I think about so, that? yeah. Yeah, generally, yeah. I don't, um, I guess, think too much about how I'm perceived online, interestingly. Mm. But I obviously judge other people mm. on their online presences. So it's, it's quite interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything there that that um, I wouldn't be happy to be putting out there. I mean, it is all stuff that I've obviously put out onto public public facing sites like LinkedIn yep. or Medium or mm. you know Twitter. So yeah, mm. so I think generally I'm probably quite happy with the results. From your perspective, interestingly, what do you think about the results that you got? Yeah, and we will come at. I, I I mean, as I said, I often don't do uh, lots of research and so on. Before an interview, I want to, I mean, have a conversation, but I do this yeah. as an exercise to get people, other people or listeners to think about that and uh, reflect on it and maybe do some introspection. And then they could contact me and talk about that because I, I 
agree with you your view and i think you have a sound uh, thought about it and thinking um, that you you should be as you are and when you meet people in different ways i mean you present yourself and it's it's like i say you're a facet that i'm i'm working on my last site i call it tparty.media when i want to present what i'm doing and then yeah. i said often a person an individual or have lots of different ways you could look at it and that's the interesting thing because that's how you do business with uh, people who you know like and trust uh, but still yeah. you could think about it okay what's what's coming up and how could we improve if we want something else popping up and this we do content creations on so i think it looks good but uh, uh, when you uh, um, contact me through linkedin i got curious about matchmaker and that's what we don't see so much about on on the first page but i know it's a new service so i did a, a search engine on duckduckgo that i like that is this uh, for privacy and so on and um, yeah. i will i will do some other searches also because there's other search engines out there but i mean the google is the most common one but there it was several linkedin uh, um, entrances uh, discussions and forums and so on and then it was on instagram and then it was something called martech zone and there i think this, it was this uh, product uh, hunt also uh, that that we were talking about that so on duckduckgo uh, you got yeah. a bit more of, about this matchmaker fm so is that anything else that's because you're chief marketing officer or that's correct what's your yeah. title no, yeah. so that's that, that's really interesting so with matchmaker we've actually taken a very different approach to our sort of traditional marketing routes so through podcast.co and radio.co we're yep. very very heavy on organic content marketing that happens mm -hmm. on our site so we basically create information hubs with guides tutorials videos and we pull in a lot of traffic um through that that type of marketing mm. um because ultimately, a lot of people are on the internet, they have a query, you mm. provide them with some sort of helpful answer to that mm. query, and then you yep. try and funnel them into the product if it's the, if it's the solution that they're looking for. So it yep. works really well for that. Mm. Um, and, you know, like say on Radio.co, for example, there's certain search terms that will be on where we've got like probably all five of the top five links. Mm. Um, so that's incredibly powerful. But with Matchmaker, we kind of decided to take a different approach in that it's not necessarily a service that needs to be content heavy. What's mm. the most valuable thing about it as a product, I guess, is allowing people to make those connections. So we decided to take a different approach and actually start our outreach, you know, like I said, via LinkedIn. So we would just go onto LinkedIn search for people that we think looked interesting that might be interested in it and then we try and reach out to them in a way where either a direct invite to create an account mm. or alternatively some sort of useful information that you know that they might then find specifically useful so like so recently since this kind of whole lockdown thing started happening we've been sending a remote guide out to people which sort of talks about how you can take your Yep. your podcast and record it remotely because of this kind of current scenario and I, I like that guide and and that i will i will do a comment on that i did that on twitter because there you had uh, not missed but you have several uh, great tools there 
But the one that I'm using and that I'm doing right now is Ringer. And I, I couldn't see that uh, listed. So that you could do an update uh, and yeah, say hi to yeah, Team Sinclair. Yeah, Ringer. And yeah, that's absolutely. good because, I mean, lots of uh, the guides and so on, after some time, uh, I mean, they, they need to get updated. But that's good for content creation because then your site will be fresh. So I like that guide. Another one that we talked about in the green room is Colin uh, Gray of Olitu. And and he has great posts and guides for everything he from does. microphones till whatnot. And he's, I mean, also talking about his services, but also others. So I think that's a, a good way of doing it. Um, may I, I ask uh, how, how have this outreach program, because it's, a, it's not a cold call or cold message, but you reach out, I mean, uh, I have heard about podcast.co before, I think, and maybe stumble on you on when I've done searches, but um, ha- have you had good uh, responses on that? Yeah, so we launched it around two months ago now, yeah. and we've got about 2,500 people using the platform, and mm-hmm. we've sparked about 2,500 conversations as well. So it is going quite well. It's been really interesting for me because... Typically, I'm used to having a website with loads and loads of pages in it. And with Matchmaker, we've literally got one page. It's the landing page. Mm. So it's been a very different approach for us. Um, But yeah, Yeah. it seems to be working and it seems to be kind of moving in the right direction. Yeah. And this takes time, as I said. I signed up, I mean, right before we started. And it, it, it was a quick process. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. And I did first as a, like a guest. I, I like to have guests on my podcast, but I haven't been a guest on so many podcasts. And in a way, maybe I should think about more about that in the future. Uh, but then it's how should you describe yourself? Or what, what should I say? So I said very short and sweet that I you should have me as a guest because I'm a contrarian. <laughs> I think differently <laughs> regarding marketing and, and so on. Uh, as I said, I'm not maybe an expert, but I have found my way through blogging since 2002, podcasts since 2006. I have uh, some kind of guidance with philosophy in me. Uh, so maybe I could be an interesting guest there. I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I already, when I also signed up for that I want to have guests and already I've got uh, uh, a person uh, that contacted me here. Uh, right before we started recording. So I will uh, talk to him and uh, we'll see. Because I'm very open yes. to that, to have guests on my podcast. Then I uh, we could talk about, maybe you don't see them as a competitor. As I said, in the green room, we said, it's a big market here and a, lots of space for lots of uh, organizations, companies, and so on. Yeah, But there is. Uh, have you used or have you heard about podcastingguest.com? Yes, I've not used it, but I but I have heard of it actually, and I've spoken yeah. to the the founder of that service before yeah. on LinkedIn. So yeah, so I'm aware of it, and I think Podchaser, um, if you're aware of them, yeah, I um, interviewed uh, also, him on my podcast. Been, yeah. yeah, so they've been working on a similar service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I I think ultimately competition is a good thing. Personally, I think yeah, it's I you know it's it's a good thing to know who your customers are and mm. focus on creating the experience that they want mm. and not really worry about what other businesses are doing. Yep. I agree. Per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because I had an interesting experience with uh, podcasting guests. 
because I when wanted to, I mean, I've been blog, uh, blogging and podcasting for a long time, but I am very open with that with my clients and so on. I could guide them how they should do their podcast, but I say that yeah. I have struggled with my own podcast with the, how to say, to do it on a regular basis because I served others and helped others and other things going on, but I haven't given up. I'm still continue with it. Uh, but I could give a good advice how to do it on a on a regular basis. So then I wanted to have more guests, and I got like more than ten guests in 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 a pipeline, and that was a good thing in a way. But it was also I mean yeah. how to schedule it and so on, and and to know uh, when when to put it in and so on. So it, it, I got almost overwhelmed there. Uh, That's so very that, interesting. Yeah, but I I liked it, so I tested, and then the Podchaser. There, it's I think still under wraps in a way because I filled out a long, I mean, you know, survey, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. I said that to to um, um, Cole then later on to joke that okay, I'm all for the data <laughs> mining and so on, but I I, I did some sometimes uh, funny comments on it uh, because I mean I understand they they collecting data here that could be valuable for them and for people how they want to match podcasters and and. Uh, and guests. Uh, so I haven't seen anything there yet, but I mean, they are working, they want to create their database and I like their service and the idea very much, but it will take time because, you know, as podcasters, we do the easy route to uh, prepare, plan, book, uh, record, marketing, uh, podcasting, production, editing, etc., etc. And then it's a new uh, round. So, to, to go on other sites and so on could be hard to find. But I think it's a good, great initiative to, to as they say, to be like the, uh, almost like the movie database for podcasters. But it will take time. Um, it will. I think, I think um, I'd be really interested to see how, whether Podchaser can achieve that because I do think that's kind of needed. Um, ultimately, the the industry itself is so early stage really even though it's been going for a long time and there have been people like yourself podcasting for a very long time actually you know um but as a sort of widely recognized industry i kind of feel like the last few years were kind of for audio were kind of where video was maybe 10 years ago where there was suddenly this big influx into online video everyone was creating videos and uploading them and now you've got, you know, 5 million videos being watched every day on YouTube, 5 billion mm. videos being watched every day on YouTube. And I think we're only at the beginnings of all of that with audio, personally. So yep. we're kind of at that kind of early Wild West phase, I think. So yep. there's a lot of opportunity and everything's kind of up for grabs, potentially. Mm. I think it's the most important thing for me is like going back to what I was saying about competition and monopoly is the most important thing you can do is to focus on your users and what it is that your users are getting out of your service. Mm. You know, from the content marketing that we were doing around podcast.co, we kind of realized that there was this gap for people on the podcast sort of organization element. So, you know, like you were saying, once you've got all of these requests, you're then suddenly overwhelmed. So there's more sort of tools and services that we can build within Matchmaker Mm. to help people. 
And I, we wouldn't have really realized all of that if we hadn't been doing the kind of type of content strategy and outreach we were doing on podcast.co. And similarly, we probably wouldn't have even built podcast.co if we hadn't already built radio.co. Because we were doing live radio streaming, we were suddenly getting a demand for on-demand audio as well. Mm -hmm. So this stuff is, you know, obviously all connected. Yep, and that's interesting. As I said in the, as a, how to say, for the record, when we talked in the green room, you said this word monopoly, and according to my view, mm. monopoly is only when the state is involved. So, I mean, yeah. it's always a potential uh, to pop up a new competitor or new service and so on. And if the market will be free to to work, then it it will be in a good way. But then, of course, you have very strong, how do you say, companies out there. For example, Apple, Google, uh, and now you could say also Spotify and others. Mm. Um, but still, it's market shares out there and nobody's controlling it because they can't. Uh, the thing is, yeah, that could be a discussion of it. Uh, is... How how do you use like the standard, like the RSS feed, for example? I know that uh, the guys, um, Rob, uh, Rob Greenlee and uh, what's his name in Blueberry, um, they have yeah. been talking about that on a new media show. Maybe it's time for a, like a RSS uh, 2.0 or something like that, um, because it's a, it's a working, but it's an old technology and we don't, we take it for granted. But it, it's, uh, it is. Yeah. It is. And I think someone someone probably will come along and change how RSS works, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Um, but like you say, the nature of podcasts and why they've become so ubiquitous is the fact that they are open. That, mm. you know, the Apple, traditionally, really, Apple, Apple are podcasts, really, up yeah. until the last yep. few years. If you think of the word podcast, do you think of Apple? Because they created that that whole economy, really, to an yeah. extent. And the pl player, MP3 player, iPod, that was like one mm. of the first. That's why the name is. So that I often talk about that story. That's why my podcast and and uh, Rob Walsh, he's he's pulling my leg very a bit to say the word netcast. It's it's not established, but it's like a homage or tribute to. Uh, Laporte, Mr. Laporte on Twitch uh, TV, and he was one of the first, mm. I mean, podcasters. Because when, and I, as I said, I'm an Apple fanboy, but Apple said back in the day that uh, it's only we, uh, our company that called something like an iPod. So podcasters shouldn't call it like podcast. And then he said, maybe we should come up with a new word then, like netcast mm. or something else. So in a way, that's why I I'm think using show, it. personally. Jose? Sorry, yeah, no, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no I think it's. I think you're completely right. I think yeah. you're onto something there. For yeah. me, like, this is going to sound a little bit contradictory because yeah. our company name is podcast.co. But yeah. for me, the word podcast itself isn't really important. It's actually, it's a show. It doesn't matter. Like, And this is probably coming from the kind of radio.co background yeah. as well. Is it doesn't matter if a show is live streamed at a specific time mm. or if it's, listen to on demand when the chooser yeah. when the user decides to, the listener sorry decides to yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yep. it's just it's just a show it's just an experience and and similarly it doesn't really matter where it happens you know mm. like 
a large percentage of I've you know a large percentage of podcast listening actually happens on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading your mind. I mean, I have this ego net cost. Thanks to Libsyn is uh, like a destination is automatically when I upload it and publish it, it will be on my YouTube channel. I, not mm. many people are like watching my, you know, podcast artwork and listen to it. But still, I could add it could be searchable. Uh, I could add uh, the mm. link to my podcast uh, and so on. And uh, and I have some uh, subscribers there too. So you you should be where the listeners are. So I mean that's um, yeah that's interesting to see. But we could talk a long time about that because the word here in Sweden is pod radio with two D. Uh, yeah, it's, it depends on how you count, but P-O-D-D radio. That's the official word for a podcast. So I have registered the domain podradio.org, but the common name is pod or podden or podcast. Um, but as I said, you could listen to podcast on like a, like a video you could li- li- listen to it in uh, real time or as we say time shifted but then we have here i don't know how it is in england but you have r- regular radio stations here uh, like public radio and so on and they create a podcast but in a way it's a radio program that they are changing it is yeah and it, it, it's yeah. okay if you could su- subscribe to it rss and you could do it forever but some of the radio shows episodes they are disappearing, uh, and that I think a bit, uh, yeah, it's how to say, <laughs> you get a bit Changes confused. Changes the format, there. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. I think that's it. Like I, I think generally terminology for things is so confusing. I think this is the case with podcasts, definitely, and what a what a thing is, what a show is. I think mm. that does confuse people. I think that's similar to you know. The, the similarity there is like online events. So you have mm. webinars, you have meetups, you have presentations, you have keynotes, you have summits, you have, yeah. there's like a million different words f- for the one thing, which is just an event of some description ultimately. Yeah. Uh, so that's why in a way, I mean, I, I like the word podcast and, and your podcast.co, that's a great uh, URL and domain name. Uh, Thank you. But the uh, net cost I like also because then people could react a bit. Okay, internet, I know what that, but what's cost? And that's coming from the word broadcast. I mean, you wanted to have a broad spread or, or reach, but podcast could be very narrow. And that's what I like about it also. So it's it's a mix of different words into one. It but is. Again, the yeah. listeners are real, I don't really... <clears throat> Think about it, or or because now you could like, for example, we talked in the green room also the, that Spotify have uh, got a great, uh, I mean, spot uh, spot on the list now, uh, yeah. especially for Android users. Like now, it's now the second uh, pod. Second that's another Apple. new word, podcatcher uh, or a podcast yeah. application uh, after Apple Podcaster. Uh, so and that's mainly for music. But then they created this. Uh, player that you could play podcast also and now we are yeah. pushing very much it uh, so you could I, example, I listen to yeah sorry no go, go on carry on Martin I, so, so uh, they will promote it similar to what they do with music artists that you could uh, get recommendations you could get lists you could have a profile of a podcaster but you know the player and I like it in, in a way but the first when we created it, you couldn't do uh, quick speed or boost or something like that because that's, you don't do that with music, right? 
you do it on regular speed. But podcast, if I talk slowly, then if somebody wants to speed it up, they could do that. For example, one of my favorite podcaster uh, or podcatcher uh, app is Overcast. Do you know that one? Yeah, on iPhone? yeah, I do. He has this. I think on, we distribute uh, to Overcast actually. Yeah, yeah, because it's a great service. And Marco, he wants to do his thing, and he wants to create his application. And there you have a boost, and you also you have uh, uh, fast speed, or how do you say? So it it sound in a good way. So and it's again up to the listeners. So if they will think our conversation is too maybe too dry or too slow, they could speed it up. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I think this, you know, I think just going back to what you're saying before, you've got to be where your listeners are, and you've also got to give them what they want ultimately. Otherwise, they'll just tune out. Um, I think Overcast actually, yeah, we do distribute to Overcast. I think they're one of the services that pulls from Apple, so they pull from yeah, Apple's mo- podcast. Most of them. He's saying that publicly. I mean, he's all for. He is an Apple fanboy uh, in a way, but he's also could give them a constructive criticism. He mm. he only do that that it is for like distributing that because we talked about that also without me to joke and name, mention any names, but there are other pl- players out there, market players, that mm. fiddle with the RSS feed a bit, and, yeah. and maybe they are not so open with it. Uh, I'm all for it if you read the fine print, uh, <laughs> so on, and, and I mean the listeners don't get harmed by it. But uh, yeah, uh, it could be a difficult situation. But again, the, the market will take care of this. <laughs> so. I, I agree. I mean, by nature, podcasts are open. So I think of, of the kind of free players that are trying to control the market, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I think the players that try to shut it down mm. to control the advertising are the ones that will potentially lose out longer term but who knows it's you know like i said it is a wild west and yeah. anything could ultimately happen yeah you know and, and as, long as, if... as long as as yeah. sorry go on no no continue as long and as... as long as people you know as long as say podcasters get a cut of any advertising revenue that a platform is generating off the back of your content yeah i think that's okay it's only when People are taking assets that other people are creating, injecting adverts onto them, and then not giving them a cut, which is yep. really, this is the whole fundamental problem with TuneIn's business model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they basically pull in the radio streams, they spit okay. an advert out at the front of it, but then yeah. that doesn't necessarily cover all the licensing issues. So, And then the only person that sees the benefit from that is TuneIn because the stations themselves don't get any cut from from their revenue. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. But it's good to know because I think I distributing through TuneIn also. I've added that uh, where you add it like manually, I think, in a way. Mm, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Because I think that's but how Alexa said, pulls podcasts. Yeah. If you don't have a dedicated we, we, skill for your podcast, it mm. if it's on TuneIn, it will play your podcast. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and for the record... Uh, because I have hand, handed over my uh, Twitter name, uh, Lyceum, to uh, Zachary Davis of Himalaya, premium content of Himalaya podcaster app. And also mm-hmm. he's working with very interesting product called Lyceum.fm, that's uh, educational podcast. So he reached ah, out to me and talked, to, yeah, talked about my Twitter name. He was uh, 
interested in that. And when we had a discussion, and when I handed over uh, that name, so now my Twitter handle is Lyceum Peripatos, and Peripatos is also a name or nickname for the school of Athens in, in Greece, Aristotle School. So, ah, and then I got curious to test their application. Uh, so I've done that also. And I have tipped some of my friends and listeners and some said that, wow, I like that very much. I want to use that because, I mean, every listener could have their, uh, how to say, uh, what they want to, to have, what kind of features and so on. So I think it's good. But we should know that the big players are Apple Podcaster and now Spotify. And we are waiting for the day when Google Podcast will really enter the market. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when every Android phone will have it on uh, like a standard. What do you predict then? Will will we see, a, how to say, boom in podcast consumption then? Because, I mean, it's more Android phones out there than, uh, yeah. than uh, iPhone. Yeah. Do you know the, the phrase dot mom? Have you heard that phrase before? No. So dot mom was coined in relation to Facebook where mm. things are so um, ubiquitous that even your mum knows what it is or your mom because it's an American mm. phrase. Yep. So instead of dot com, it's dot mom. So yeah, okay. I think once Google sort of properly enter the market, like you say, we yep. will see a kind of dot mom explosion personally. Mm. Yeah. And how, how my are you preparing on that then, on podcast.co? Well, I mean, I guess like, you know, I mean, our sort of um, strategy moving forward is, you know, we, we are a podcast host. Um, mm. I think we've got kind of interesting ideas around our product and where we're going to be taking that. We've also, just on the production side of things, we've just signed an exclusive deal with Rock Nation to produce all of their podcasts for them and their mm -hmm. artists. So we're okay. probably going to be kind of ramping up some of that content production side of stuff. Um, yeah, that's a, a trend What we see is, how, how is, is audio boom going right now? I mean, that was one of the first services I used. Um, mm. And, and yeah, so they the started changed and so on, but... Uh, it have been lots of, I mean, and now they merge with, uh, or we tried to buy Midroll and then that kind of imploded. Yeah. And then Christoph Nick Candy, who's a huge property developer in the UK, who basically owns the vast majority of the publicly tradable shares. I think he okay. um, he pumps money into it basically. Um, okay. I think they're probably so heavily leveraged with debt that they could probably go pop at any time audio boom mm. but then mm. it will always be an asset so it will always continue in some form or other because it's got so big if that makes sense yeah and as i said i mean you you don't have any guaranteed success even if your idea or, or service is good because i like that's what i said we talked about that in the green room also about anchor i think mm. that's a great start as uh, for a beginner yeah. or so on but as i said read the fine print <laughs> but Audio boom, that what was called first, and then audio boom was so easy to start. And I liked the feeling of about you, you could follow Very others nice. and you could comment. But then it started getting bigger, bigger, and they wanted to, yeah, uh, they wanted to have these uh, deals with others, and yeah, and then we got this push that they had to, uh, I mean, present <laughs> figures. <laughs> I think. I think this uh, is it. That audio boom are kind of in the same 
market as Acast. And mm. I think even Audible are in this kind of market. And Spotify are slowly trying to take part of this market share where they're all basically looking to lock in exclusivity to their platform. I mean, Himalaya, uh, um, not Himalaya, sorry, the Luminary are the American people that are trying to do it from the host side of things as well, right? So they're (laughs) all trying to sort of... Yeah, and they have things to think about, (laughs) them and also Wondery and But I mean, Himalaya is in a way that also, and that's why I'm testing it, but more, more like a test, but also that I, as an ambassador for Lyceum.fm, I want mm. to see if that could work. And we talked about that also. You have that on your site, that if you have a certain number, you could help them with sponsorship, advertising, and so on. And, and most mm. of the podcasters out there don't have that number. No, they don't. But maybe that's you it. want to support it with uh, special content and so on. So I'm all for it. But the big players are for the big podcast hosts that already are known from TV, radio, or they are celebrities. And that's all fine. But I think it's, uh, we have space for others also. So now I'm I testing totally uh, on Himalayan Lyceum FM to if you want to support my work, because I am having costs in order to podcast as a hobby, but also I have clients and so on. So, so that's fine. But then you could support and give a symbolic dollar per month and so on. But lots of people are taking this for granted, right? And it, yeah. in a way, it's all, all okay. But I, I mean, I have clients that are doing great research on guests. They take their time and the quality of the content compared to, yeah, you could compare it whatever with reg, regular radio, TV or uh, newspaper. It's great content and it's worth something, right? Uh, it is, but yeah. Then, Totally. To put like some ads that are not related, that could, yeah, it could work, but it could be also that the listeners don't really care, right? Exactly. This is it. I think why listeners take action on podcast adverts is because it's from the host. I think when you start injecting stuff into podcasts, it's not going to work. It's not worked previously. It's not worked for tune in. You know, so it, it won't work for podcasting. It'll probably work even less for podcasting because. Yeah with a podcast you're actively choosing to listen to it even though you're listening to it in a passive manner whereas with the radio that's probably just going on in the background so it doesn't matter if an advert's injected into a radio stream injecting it into a sort of i've chosen to sit down for half an hour and listen to this thing or Mm -hmm. an hour to listen to this thing to then inject something that's irrelevant it doesn't feel like a very good user experience and i think it turns people off so i think companies that attempt to do that as their solution to generate revenue are probably going to ultimately fail. Um, mm. I think Himalaya is really interesting, actually, and I think like the the you know the market in Asia that yep. people are far more willing to pay subscriptions for content in Asia than they are in the Western world. Mm. So I think and, that's something to look what, at, really. And those models are probably more for the platform side of things. We'll probably focus yep. more on building tools that will help everyone you know, and help the people that aren't the biggest podcasts going. And then on Mm. the production side of things, we'll probably do a certain amount of podcast production with bigger brands. Yeah. And as I said, Lyceum that has like Himalaya as a platform, you could say, but they are focused on the academia and the educational and and, uh, schools and so on and for teachers. And I think that's an interesting approach also. 
I think it's a uh, very, very solid approach. Because that could be the future actually. of uh, education and knowledge it and is. learning. Uh, and at times like this, when we are consuming on distance and long distance and when, when we want and when we have time, that could be an interesting thing. But again, it's how you, and then maybe you have some thoughts about that. How How should they so-called market it and how should they educate about the service because you well, and i take it for granted but not everyone not the all moms out there don't don't do that yet, right <laughs> yeah that's no that's true i think actually in the first instance they'll probably do quite well because you've kind of already answered it really they've got a niche that they focused on it's around education so mm. they know who their market is they know who their audience is and they know specifically what kind of content they need to bring on and what kind of listeners they need to bring on in order to make the marketplace element work in what they're doing. So I always think niches, you know, work well. If you know, you know, so going back to what I was saying earlier, if you know who your customer is, you mm. can end up providing a much better solution for them. So interestingly, like Colin, talking about Colin and the podcast host, Colin's yeah. a really nice guy. Yeah. And I think yeah. what he's done is really really interesting so whilst we've been sort of building the content strategy and building the audience on radio.co i was always aware of the podcast host think and i was always mm. looking at what colin's doing thinking that's really good at a certain yeah. point we are going to parlay our radio content strategy into podcasting it was kind of obvious that we were going to be doing that so it was interesting to see colin doing because he had like a couple of years head start on quite a lot of people actually and really, mm. if you're looking for solid content around podcasting yeah. and advice around podcasting, Podcast Host is one of the best places you can absolutely go to. Yep. And I think by knowing his customers and his users well, I think it's really interesting that Colin's not gone out and launched another podcast host. Mm. What he's done is he's built a tool that he feels probably services a gap in the market for the types of users he's bringing in through his content strategy. Yeah. And then yeah. And similarly, he's actually built a tool that's not readily available elsewhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's and definitely the kind of thing that I would use that. I would absolutely use Illiterary if I was going to, you know, do my own thing and try and yeah. get something together. That is 100% the type of service that I would just pluck you know out yeah, of yeah. the myriad of ways that you could do your post-production that appeals yeah. to me straight away it's a compelling sale sales pitch yeah. you know yeah. it's a compelling reason to use that product and i yeah i doubt you know that you you don't end up at solutions that are that well defined unless you really know who it is you're making things for yeah and I mean, he was when we had a conversation. He was he was very open with I mean, how many clients, customers, and people who have started, and how they wanted to keep them, so to speak, also. Yeah. And I'm one included, but I mean, I'm open. It, it is a cost uh, compared to buy a program off the shelf, but then it costs lots of more from uh, at once. But over time, this will cost more, you could say. But it's a value yeah. also for my time. And and I could use it, so it, it clicked definitely for me. And I have introduced it to clients also. Uh, and I and that's what I think we should then support. Uh, and, and he has a base, 
but in order to new in inventions uh, innovations will come you you need to to get that kind of support also um, yeah i agree so it's interesting because we have seen lots of services come and go also that are so called free uh, or or very technical or, or maybe not ready yet but i am all for that too also because you never know <laughs> what will what will work and it's funny will come in one of your features there on podcast.co then coming to transcript and the episode that I did mm. with Colin it was for about half an hour and I've written that uh, I will update the show notes later on and, it, yeah. and then it become very late <laughs> and I said uh, maybe I should do it but should I do it by hand or should I use a service and will my listeners pay for if I use like a transcribed service I don't think so when yeah. I use Blog Talk Radio, it costed, I think, one or two dollars per minute. And now we have talked for 45 minutes. You could ca- calculate what that will that's, cost. That's then. expensive. Yeah, that's very expensive. Will somebody pay for that? I'd, even if it's worth it? I don't think so. And <laughs> yeah. that's the sad thing. But then mm. I, I I searched on the net uh, on, on different services and then ended up on Rev. Uh, and uh, for the record, I was also applied for becoming like a uh, referral program. because. I wanted to test it, and then I tested 30 minutes on this, and I paid 20, 30 bucks for that. And I don't think people will pay me for that service, but I wanted to test it. Uh, and I, the result was, wow, uh, astonishing. I have to change a bit because, I mean, we joked about Colin's Scottish accent and my <laughs> kind yeah. of accent, and some, yeah. I mean, technical terms and so on, but it was yeah. very spot on. And and it was a nice van. Then it's also search engine optimization, you could say. It's it's good it for is, your yeah. blog post. Uh, and now with Google and others and also Apple Podcasts have a search function. And you have this uh, startup in Sweden called All Ears. They could now listen a search for what you are saying. So now I'm saying All Ears. So they will find them themselves searching on them. So we will see more of these things, but it will be related to what you are saying, the content, and it that's will, very yeah. powerful. But then, uh, and that was interesting in Lyceum.fm, lots of great podcasters out there in the academic world that I don't know about, and they have great newsletters and so on. And then I found an article about transcript, and they had this standpoint that that should be not taken for granted, but for people with certain needs or, or uh, that they want to read at the same time they've listened, that, that's good to have. But on the other hand, it's who should pay for it and the time for the podcaster to make it, right? So yeah. here it's an, uh, but you have a service. It's included in your, could you tell a bit about that in your uh, uh, package there, right? Yeah. So we tap into an API. So we essentially mm. use someone else's like they've developed the you know the AI and the intelligence around that, and we just take the podcast episode and fire the podcast episode to them. They render the transcript out and then shoot the the text back to us, and then we render that in the browser for the user. And it's you know it's fairly accurate, but like the thing about transcripts are because we do like on on the client production side of stuff, um, we provide transcripts because it's kind of easier for us because we'll produce a podcast for a client and then we'll run it through our transcript software. We'll get the transcripts and then from the transcript, we'll do quite a few other things like we'll extract social quotes. We'll 
mm. um, sort of use the transcript to pick out the highlights to make the audiograms. We'll use that mm. to pick out the highlights to make any social videos that go alongside it. So we actually get a lot of that. And then we'll also provide it to the client and say, you know, this is the edited transcript that you can then use as a blog post. So we find it as a company incredibly useful. And I think most podcasters find it useful because um, there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways that it can provide value. I think the thing about yeah. transcripts, though, they do end up being very time-consuming, which is something that you often yep. overlook. And until we started doing it for clients, I, we don't yep. think we sort of considered how time-consuming it actually is to do them and do them well. Because obviously it mm. spits this copy out, but then you need to go through it with a fine tooth and sort of re-edit it, basically. So it can take you a few hours to get a transcript done. Well, and uh, now I'll give you a curveball here, because... I have a co-host. We talk about uh, how to be productive and drinking mm. tea at the same time. So it's called in Swedish produktivitet with two E's at the end. So it's a made up word, a bit joke, playing with words on productivity and tea. Yeah. Uh, and there uh, we tested teas from a, a notebook uh, manufacturer in Berlin called Berlin Notebook. And he got very, in he have, he, we have interviewed him on our international show also. And he used that on his about page, and I got so glad to see that their uh, host, uh, guest on our show, have used it on their own site, explaining what they are doing. On this show, we are talking in Swedish, with, and we are mm. reviewing because he has started with tea. Also, it goes well with note taking, high quality tea from Japan. Uh, but he is interested to <laughs> to learn what we are saying because we are talking in Swedish. Of course, in German and Swedish, uh, I I could read the German text and so on. I've studied German, and it it has similarities, but it could be mm. hard for him to understand the Swedish. But then I was thinking, okay, I will go through our uh, uh, podcast episode again and write down a summary and notes. But then I got like this uh, fixed idea. I want to see if it's any service out there. And now I don't remember the name of it, but I search for Google like uh, transcribing. <laughs> from Swedish to German or Swedish to English podcast episode and got all kind of uh, hits there and then a service that really doing that. But then I got a reply and said it could, could cost a bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think a Berlin notebook will pay for it because, I mean, I want to do it as a service. But on the other hand, it would be nice to do that. So do you have any... They said that they could do it in 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 a, in a simpler way. Uh, still, I don't know what it will end up, and I don't have a budget for that. But I wanted to see because this is the things that we'll find in the future. I think uh, with artificial, how would you say, IA and uh, intelligence and and yeah, all kind of things. Um, so that will be interesting to see for the future. I think that'd be really interesting actually to see, and I hadn't really contemplated that, but that that is where we'll definitely see growth, foreign language podcasts. So, you know, as we were talking in the green room, I, I grew up in Spain, so I, my Spanish is fluent. Um, yeah. There's a lot of so, Spanish speakers I, out there in the I world. I know one word there, or, or phrase, una cerveza, por favor. I had Spanish <laughs> for one year. That's fine. That's a, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, that'll, get, that'll get you quite but far. It, yeah. But it's good that you're saying that because now I interrupt you there. But you have Elsie Escobar from Libsyn, mm. uh, the marketing uh, 
social media var and she is great and she has started a podcast in spanish mm. and it's a huge market yeah, i mean it is. Uh, the spanish is, it's completely on tap the spanish market i yeah. think german language market as well is quite well developed supposedly mm. like producing german language content you know i mean like this is the thing this is oft, often overlooked for, as like a kind of english speaker um mm. within other markets how you know how much desire there is for content in that in that native language so yeah you know like spanish language speakers a huge amount of spanish language speakers over the world so i think there's a there's a tremendous opportunity to take a podcast that's in one language and convert it into another language whether that's a transcript or even mm. the actual recording like i mean that's very mm. you know like that's not currently possible to do unless you're using kind of um i guess ai voice mm. stuff yeah. i think like i reckon if anyone's going to be able to do that the script will be the people to do it because i think mm. they can change voice tones with their ai mm-hmm. so you can that's interesting take yeah. your audio edit your audio mm-hmm. and the way you edit the audio is really interesting because you edit the text so you chop a word out and it chops the audio yeah okay yeah and i think they 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 i be, wouldn't be surprised if they're even working on something like this because that'd be a huge market and a huge you know yeah win for any company if they could crack translating a podcast from one language to another mm Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about that, and I think we'll we'll see that happening. I think someone will will crack that at some point. Mm. So, Mike, great talking. Uh, have you any? I mean, anything you want to talk more about when it comes to podcast.co or this matchmaker service or something else? Um, no, I mind? mean, I we think... haven't talked about tea yet. We're talked about other beverages, but yeah, you, and music you was have the to other be a thing tea that drinker, we didn't right? get on to. I, I'm a tea drinker. Yeah, I like I like um, a chocolate chai tea. I tend to have a chocolate chai yeah. tea in the evenings, so you get a yeah. kind of chocolate hit, but it's not too uh, highly caffeinated. And it's not too stimulating. Do they have any special blend in Manchester? Because I know about Yorkshire tea. This uh, Yorkshire gold is good. Tea. That's, yeah, yeah. That's Yorkshire strong. gold is. But do you have some s- similar to that in Manchester? I, I, you know, I, 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 I think Tetley's is probably from Manchester. Mm-hmm. It okay. sounds like that's it's good. a. It yeah. sounds like it's a Lancashire thing. I think Tetley's mm-hmm. is. But yeah, I like if I'm drinking a kind of standard tea out of the box, I drink Yorkshire mm-hmm. gold because it's really good. I think it's a blend of Assam and uh, and um, yep and you know, breakfast tea blend. So, but yeah, I think it's the yep. asam that they add to it that gives it that kind of richness. Mm. And there we have it when we talk about interest, how to, I mean, we have talked, in a way it's not a problem, but how to find other podcasts and and your interest and so on. And and it, it was also when somebody reached out, it's popping up a new service called Good Pods, I think it's called a Good Pod. Good Pod. I'm gonna have a look at uh, that. Have you heard about that? No, I've not. Yeah. No, it, I'll check that out. It's like a the icon is like uh, some um, uh, headphones, yellow that are vibrating or something like that. Uh, and and they hit me up on Twitter direct message there, and uh, I, I registered an account there, and I haven't looked so much into it, but it looks interesting also. Yeah, I'll have a look uh, at that. So you could like. Yeah, you could recommend what you are listening and you could follow and so on. Again, the market will see will this uh, 
I mean, play out, work out, and, <clears throat> and uh, but it, it's fascinating. What's lots of things happening? Yeah, I think like that's it. The recommendation stuff. Like I, I kind of just take a traditional approach to that. Kind of currently, more often yeah. than not, I get mm. recommended something by someone else, and I'll go and check it out. Yeah. And then I'll probably yep. start consuming it if I like it. But yeah, mm. I think there's there's a lot of kind of potential around recommendation, definitely. And no one's no one's really cracked that. Like my, no. you know, thinking about the music thing, like where do I discover new music? I don't really discover new music through Spotify. Like some Spotify mm. suggested me some artists that I've not heard of before. Um, but yeah. more often than not, the best way to discover new music for me is listening to the radio and having listening mm -hmm. to a DJ that I really like. So Iggy Pop often DJs okay. on Six Music in the UK. And whenever he plays, yeah. whenever he does a show on Six Music, I'm pretty much guaranteed to check out most of the artists that he's talking about because I won't have heard of them. Okay, that's interesting that you have that, I mean, here. In other countries, I mean, depending on what kind of music you like, and I am for free radio there, and I fight mm. it for that. And here we had state-owned radio, and now it's, you have commercial radio, and I'm all for it. But it has been become pretty blend. Yeah. But, I mean, if the majority wants to listen to that, I'm all fine with it, but I don't listen to it. So <laughs> uh, then you have to find other ways, like personal recommendation. But there you had Apple Search uh, and also their algorithm. So I got suggested by, because I like synth pop and electronic and so on, Yeah. Uh, James Knights that I've interviewed on my show. And that was funny and how we reached out and then we became friends on Facebook and, and then we had a podcast episode and I watched there in concert. So, but as I said, sometimes it could be hit and miss also. Yeah, uh, so, I think it's hard. And back to... in the day, it was you went to a record store and and went through the vinyls, and <laughs> somebody it. behind the disc gave you <laughs> a recommendation. But I, I'm, I say all things are good in that way. Uh, I think but it's it hard for more and more. yeah, and I think yeah. it's hard for algorithms to you know model what it is about something that you personally like. Mm. Which is why yep. that kind of old school recommendation still works. Yep. So yeah, I agree with that, and it, it's fascinating to see what, what will happen in in the future. So any future plans for podcast CU, uh, uh, and also the if you want, you could talk a bit uh, at the end here about the radio thing also because. I like to re listen to radio. Also, I listen to a radio station called Radio uh, Happy Ra uh, Happy Music Radio or Radio Dismuke, <clears throat> and it's a guy who collects uh, uh, seventy-eight uh, rounds or how mm. do you call it? The old uh, uh, stone, uh, not vinyl, but yeah, the, the big play. Yeah, I know. So it's what like you mean. music from the twenties and thirties. The happy music. Yeah, uh, my father-in-law so, has loads of those. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, um, yeah so we yeah with radio.co we're you know at the moment with radio.co we've radio.co and podcast.co and matchmaker have taken on board a lot of new users since the beginning of this lockdown scenario um so it's like like on radio.co particular we've tripled our kind of listener numbers so the stations that we broadcast they've got on average, three, four times as many listeners now than they did two months ago. 
Um, mm-hmm. The main aim for Radio.co this year is to try and sort out licensing for the stations because we've never traditionally been a destination for listening to radio. It's tools for stations mm-hmm. to broadcast out. But I think we'll mm-hmm. see, We'll see. Like, hopefully we'll crack licensing and we'll be able to sort of help more stations with that. We've seen some interesting people like Honest Burgers, which is a restaurant chain in the UK. They've signed up and mm-hmm. created a station for their for their staff to keep okay. their staff engaged when they've been um, at home. But then they've then rolled that out to customers. And mm-hmm. um, we've had the health department mm-hmm. of Australia sign up and create a station to distribute information to the Australian public. Um, yeah, that's interesting because you, you know back in the day, uh, didn't Starbucks have their own like radio yeah. playlist or something like that? That's right, they did. And you yeah, could buy records. Yeah, yeah. So we see we've seen quite a quite a lot of brands and companies and well countries, government departments using it like that. Um, so I think that will increase, and but we'll keep a focus on trying to sort licensing there. Um, in terms of podcast.co, we're going to continue building out the feature set. I think, you know, what we really want to try and do imminently is to get some form of ad, dynamic ad insertion sorted out for people so people can do live reads and then we can accurately report on those numbers for them. So we're going to be um, mm. doing RAD and the other podcast stat standard that I can't remember, IAB. We're going to be doing that. IAB. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We're going to be focusing on getting IAB certificated and getting dynamic ad insertion in. Um, and also focus on creating smaller tools that will help podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Matchmaker, it's very early days. It's only a few months old. But I think yep. the general push is to just keep trying to help podcasters and guests connect. And I think we're finding there that we've got a really good product market fit. So what we just need to do is try and widen the net in terms of people being aware of that service. Mm. And that's that's kind of probably the the general thrust of what we're going to be doing over the, the course of this year. Obviously, this year, how this year pans out is is anyone's guess, really. Yeah. Had you planned to be on a new... We had uh, planned to ha- do, uh, how do you say, an unconference or potluck conference, the first one on podcasting here in Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, we planned that for March, but we, we had to postpone that. And I know Spotify in Stockholm, they had a planned uh, uh, podcast summit. Mm. And, you know, South by Southwest in America. We were going to be uh, going to that, and yeah. I, I, yeah, and uh, also I... Look forward to one that's in May, uh, the Outliers podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I know. They were, uh, will be the virtual summit. And uh, the other day it was Pod Palosa. Uh, so have you uh, have you been at that as a company representative on different like uh, conferences or events or meetups? or? Yeah, yeah, we do stuff like that quite often. We did uh, radio days in Copenhagen recently. We were supposed to be going to South oh, by Southwest, Co- but it's been cancelled. So. Yeah. In Copenhagen, that's that's interesting. Yeah, Radio uh, Days. the The Center for Podcasting had a stage at Radio Days conference. Um, uh huh. Okay. So we went to that See, last year. Good to know. Um, 
Yeah, we were like I said, we were supposed to go to South by Southwest um, with podcast.co and Matchmaker, but it's been cancelled. I think some of it is going to naturally move online and then moving forward, we'll just do some of this type of stuff online more and more. But I always think we'll need kind of physical connections as well. So I think there'll be place for both things. So thanks, Mike, for, uh, for our chat. Is yeah, any- pleasure. Thing you want to add for or you have to then also now we know what where where to go podcast.co That's but correct. you could repeat it and uh, the yeah. places where they could find you on the interwebs yeah podcast.co or matchmaker.fm if you want to use either of the products uh, if you want to speak to me personally i'm on twitter at mr consolo so my surname being sicilian is <laughs> c-u-n for november s for sugar yeah. O for Oscar, L for Lima, O for Oscar. I have to just get in the habit of saying that because people can never spell my surname. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, Mr. Consolo on Twitter. If you Google Mike Consolo, you'll find me. So just click any of those links and and you can chat to me. Or you can drop an email to mike at podcast.co and and ask me any podcast-related questions that people have. If people want advice about anything, that's... Totally fine. I'm open to doing that. I've got quite a lot of experience kind of in audio and those kind of things and sort of building audiences. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to sort of give people advice on marketing strategy type stuff if they ever want it. So yeah, just reach out to me if you want to. It's absolutely fine. Great. Thanks very much, Mike. And uh, talk to you soon again. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm.